0: plushcare.com slash Hello
1: cuties Welcome back to Joking Not Joking I am your faithful guide the professor Today we get into the epic story of Mo's journey through comedy This is part one of two episodes where we unravel this epic tale from his beginnings in Houston, Texas, to breaking through and making his groundbreaking Netflix series, Mo. You think you're hot shit, don't you? Oh, it's live? Sorry. The saga starts with his interesting comedy, growing up and doing impressions as a young teenager. He eventually finds mentors and collaborators to start him on a path to success, and with a special combination of hard work, luck, and a good helping of bullshit. He lived to tell us the secrets he learned along the way. This is The Come-Up, part one. Enjoy.
0: This is Joking Not Joking.
1: What up everybody? It's Mo. This is your boy Azuru Smile From Luminary, this is Joking Not Joking. So, 10 years old, you're like, I want to do comedy. 14, I started doing stand-up in school and, like, classes. Then I started doing it all the rest of my high school career. And I would put on a little jacket and impersonate Chris Farley, and basically roast classmates as
0: Chris Farley. I thought about the story recently. How did the teacher who offered you, like, oh, you could do stand up in the class, how did that teacher know you wanted to do stand up? I was outspoken about it. But she would just talk about it but you had never done it.
1: Yeah. Weirdly, on off days, you know, you have like off days when they will show movie days or something? Yeah. Roll in the VHS? Yeah, roll in the VHS situation. And they would sometimes play Cosby. And I'd be like, yeah, I saw him four years ago. I mean, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do stand up. Okay, so she knew from that. And I would just constantly walk around, like, yeah, man, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna be a stand up comedian. You know, like somebody wow. would ask me, like, what do you wanna do? Or, or what are you doing? I would practice like my M's and like my signatures and shit. But, Hilarious. Yeah.
0: They're not signatures, autographs.
1: Autographs, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then so 14 in school, you start. And then when would you say you went, quote unquote, pro? Um, let's define that. That to me is, you are making a living from your comedy.
1: I was told the first time you're considered pro is from your first paycheck. Right, fine. It was 25 bucks at a bar in, I think it was East Texas somewhere. At that point, I've done so many bar shows, it didn't, like, I would just do free stuff for a year.
0: Peanuts and drinks, right?
1: Yeah, I was doing it for a living, but doing a horrible job at it, essentially. So I would would really call myself pro even before that. So what age was that, 16, 17? I started touring when I was 18. So no, 18. So I would say August of 99, I went on tour with Danny. I was like, yeah, I could do it. I've just been doing it like a few months in clubs. He was like, you're not ready. I was like, I'm ready. I was not ready. Poor guy, doing it like two months. I don't have any material. What balls do you have? You fucking loser. What a crazy person. Tell me about the first time you met Danny Martinez. Danny Martinez, owner of the Comedy Showcase, is no longer open anymore. I was told to go over there after over Mike at the Laugh stop. You know, this place where you really actually get better. I think you should go. I think, hey, man, I've seen you do stand-up. You should go over there. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'll introduce you. I was like, hell yeah. Do you remember the comic? Yeah, I do. Steve Strickland. Wow. Is he still in comedy? No, he's not. Oh. He sells books or something. I don't know. He was the winner of the Houston Funniest Person competition, I think. So he was doing, he had some funny bits. But you went on to win a year later. No, I did not win. I made the finals. I made fourth place, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember who won that year? Yeah, Ben Mowbray. such a comic thing. You probably remember the second one and the third one. Ben Mowbray, who's really smart. Really, really smart guy. You know, Babbitt probably, I'm certain of it, like he ruined him. That's guy who ran the club and pretended to own the place mm-hmm. and ruined the fucking place. He was a huge asshole to me. Like, so mean. Wow. But I love Ben Mowbray, actually, a lot. I'm super talented. I think it was Ben and then Sean Rouse got second. You remember Sean Rouse? Do you know him? No. Super funny, man. Really dark. God, he's so funny. He still loves comedy or he quit? No, he died. He died. Yeah. yeah. He had really bad arthritis and he drank a lot from the pain i'm sure of it Mm. he did like david's hell's underground oh wow bro he's super funny dark 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 just like a comics comic man he was either going to bomb or decimate i never saw him have like a medium set Mm. and most of the time he would just kill he would kill but then when people didn't get him or they're just too dumb and didn't understand it they would just or thought they were too harsh. He was just like Phew. And then there was
0: you remember the third? You don't remember the third person.
1: No, I do remember the third person. Corey, really funny guy. Had all the he was really swole, really cut up, in shape guy. I Had a job at the post office. He also died. He died as well. He died tragically. No, no, no. Motorcycle accident. Yeah, eighteen wheeler. Like he had these crotch rockets.
0: I know you guys are motorcycle fans. I love motorcycles. I know you do, I love but it's dangerous. Bro. I think
1: it's all about, like, how you ride them, when you ride them. I'm not saying that's foolproof. I'm saying, like— It reduces the risk. Dramatically, I believe. Okay. Dramatically. And then,
0: no, you placed
1: fourth, though, a year and a half in. Yeah, I was 19. I still felt like I should have won.
0: How old are you now? <laughs> 40 what? <laughs> Fuck you, bro. I'm 32. No, you're not. That's I so play 30 on television. So it takes you X number of years yeah. to get a Netflix show, and you are going to make some point. No,
1: I was saying like it's pretty amazing. Like that's the one I started having those things that people thought you were crazy. When you're 14,
0: you start putting it out there.
1: Yeah, you're nuts. Danny actually is the one that really like planted that seed immediately cuz when he put me on at the comedy showcase He took me outside immediately. I remember when he was like, Oh, so you wanna fucking go up in my club? I was like, Yeah, I don't know why a Mexican guy would immediately go into Italian accent. Equally, why would an Arab guy myself start doing the Italian accent without skipping a beat, fuck out of here? I wanna do it. You wanna do it? Yeah, I fucking wanna do it. Yeah, you think you're funny? Yeah, I'm fucking funny. And he just put me on that Thursday, like not even a week later. Come Thursday, I'll put you up, see what you got, take it from there. I was like, forget about it. How many minutes did you have at the time? I had like probably twenty minutes. Really? Real material? Yeah. Really? built it
0: pretty fast. What kind of material were you doing those days?
1: I'll never mention it. will never mention my first joke. I'm just kidding. I I have footage of it, actually. What? I have footage of my first set ever. Oh. I look like a used car salesman. Are you serious? Yeah. At the Laugh Stop at the Houston's Funniest Person Competition. You have footage of your first ever open mic? Yeah, it was 17. Not open mic. Houston's Funniest Person oh, Competition. Oh, okay,
0: got it, got it. Okay.
1: Which is crazier. You're doing a show in the main room for your first time ever. What do you mean by first time ever? At a comedy club. Oh, at a comedy club. Yeah, I was 17 years old. You do got six-minute set. I signed up the night before. This is when you were doing Farley impressions? No. This is, I have to fucking do a set. That's what I did in high school. Wow. You know, so, you don't listen, bro. It's, no, what are
0: you talking? It's impossible I'm for you to know situational frustration, man. I'm saying it's impossible for you to know... Situational frustration.
1: Okay. Okay. I said we don't have to get into Sorry. it. I'm just saying.
0: Situational frustration. Situational frustration is when anger arises, not due to the other person, but the situation. Yet the speaker's demeanor seems aggressive nonetheless. They're not mad at you. They're just mad about the situation. Don't take it so personally.
1: Yeah, no, I went at the club. I'm not going to go in there like doing Chris Farley impersonating. It's a real crowd. I'm just saying
0: you could have. There would be comics who could have done that. Maybe. That's what I'm saying.
1: Maybe. You're right. Maybe I could have, but I was trying to be a stand-up comedian, not an impressionist.
0: Yes. You know what I mean? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So do you remember the jokes?
1: Yeah, of course. Oh my God, I would
0: love to hear this
1: one of the topics, I don't remember my opener. Okay. I don't remember my opener at all. But one of the things was about Jennifer Lopez, for sure. I was like, you look at Jennifer Lopez and you go, man, that's a great ass. Like, look at that ass. That's a beautiful ass. You don't think about the tennis vlog that came out of it the night before.
0: You know? <laughs> I remember this joke. You told me that's so funny. You're just, like, so
1: caught up <laughs> in the sexual act. You don't think about it. So that thing takes a shit all the time. <laughs> That's <laughs> great joke. Still hilarious.
0: Still funny, bro. Come on. What a great observation. So
1: Babbitt comes up to me and who's, yells at me. Who's Babbitt? He's the guy who was running the club uh, uh, pretending to be the owner. Got it, got it. He was like, don't ever do any shit jokes, ever. You understand? Very funny, you should come out. But don't do shit jokes, ever, in my club. And I was just like, all I could think of was like, I'm 17. I just wrote this at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's less than 24 hours <laughs> I had to come up with this in a short period of time, and I made wild card. I'd beat people that were showing up over mics yeah. every week. What are you talking about? Like, I was just, like, so nervous. I'm like, how could you say something like that to I'm I'm a baby, bro. I don't know. I look like a used car salesman, but I'm a baby. Especially comedy-wise. Literally and comedy-wise. I'm 17 years old. In a grown-ass adult world. Yeah, it was so upsetting. The guy was just so mean. Fucking oh god, I loathed him, bro. I remember we were sitting in the main room in the at the Laugh Stop, and I was always trying to hang out late because he adopted the comedy store ideology of like you got to hang out so you can go up. If you want time, you got to be at the club. I'm like, bro, everybody that's hanging out here is just getting shit faced. Nobody's getting better. Right. Everybody here is just like pretending that they're gonna have a career at this when they're just getting drunk as drunk as they can, and emulating greats of the past. Bro, that's still the case with a lot of comedy scenes? It is. You're not going to—I realized right away, you're not going to fucking go anywhere if you're just going to pretend to be a comedian and drink as much as you can and be the coolest motherfucker in your city. It's just not going to happen. Facts. If you do get a shot, you're going to fumble it badly because you're not fucking prepared. You don't go out and do shitty bar shows. If you do, you're doing the same ones in the same parts of your city, doing the same 10 minutes, maybe adding a little bit of material on it, maybe. And then you're trying to make the other comedians laugh and not really focusing on something that you're building. And now it is not even doing that. Now doing TikTok comedy. Yeah, TikTok comedy, which is, hey, you want to fucking do that, do that. It's just not the art form, and it won't sustain it. TikTok comedy is not going to sustain a single hour of stand-up comedy in a club. It's just not. You can sell tickets like crazy the first time around, but you got to give them a reason to want to come back the next time. And when they come back the next time, that shit better be brand new. Facts. That's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it just,
0: it is what it is. What were we talking about? People were getting shit-faced. Yeah. Nobody was getting better. The guy would not put people on because he would say, you got to put a FaceTime at the club.
1: That's the mentality, right? So I'm just hanging out, watching everybody get shit-faced, talk shit about each other, you know. Some moments of, like, fun, real interaction... And checking with each other, it's cool. We're all like really close. It's fine. I mean, to a certain extent, everybody got really close and we cared about each other. I was just like a young, two super young kid that knew that I was supposed to be doing this, and I had needed like real mentorship. And this hanging out at the club was just like, man. And I'm still not getting time. And then anyway, so we're in the main room, and it's probably like six or seven comedians that are there all the time, pretty regularly. And Babbitt goes, "Somebody in this room." Somebody in this room, I guarantee it, is going to blow up. It's going to make it. And I remember sitting there, I had my hands underneath my thighs like this, exhausted. Don't drink. Don't smoke weed. I wasn't smoking even cigarettes. And I'm thinking like, yeah, asshole, it's me, bro. Put me on the fucking <laughs> stage. <laughs> Wallah, I believe that, dude. I swear to God, that's what I was thinking. Wow. I was like, you're an idiot. You just don't know. Anyway, Danny Martinez went up there. He took me outside immediately. He was like, Hey, I've mentored a lot of comedians. You know, how old are you? I'm Seventeen. Okay, it's great. You're beyond your years. You need some mentorship. You're really talented. You can be something. If you listen to me, you're gonna be on television, you'll be touring the world by the time you're this age, you're gonna go on to this and this by the time you're that age, then you're gonna be on TV, probably movies, like you have that, but you gotta listen to me, you know? Man, did you tell he goes. But it's gonna take you twenty years to get there.
0: <laughs> wow, he told you that straight up at the beginning. Here we are. He was right though. It's proof he's a good teacher. It's also proof you're a good student. I'm an excellent
1: student, bro. Are you kidding? I'm an student. No, you are. So he, when he told me that,
0: I was like, okay.
1: I was like, amazing. Straight up. Immediately, you were like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. It felt probably like one of those things, like, this is a magic moment. I need an explanation of, my lo- like, of why I'm doing 20 years. Right. <laughs> so you ask him, what did he say? Yeah, I'm doing an explanation. He was like, look, you need to go on the road. You need to earn your stripes. He says, fast rise, fast fall. Mm. Number one, very important. You be six months too early, but you can't be six months too late.
0: Mm, I love that. That's it. He told you that in the beginning, early on. Immediately, bro. I would wow. hang out. I would start. And st- You got to explain that a little bit because without context, it doesn't make sense. Six months too early. What do you mean? Six months too early, six months too late. For what?
1: Yeah, you could be six months too early to in like an audition, a shot, a big oh. shot where you're not ready. You fumble it. Then they've already seen this guy, next guy. You know, there's too many people to pick from to try to give you a shot every year. He says, if that happens, you got a five, essentially five-year jail period. Go to the back of the line. Exactly. See him five years. I thought he mentioned Jim Carrey as an example, where he went out and was going for it too early for him. Went back to Vegas, kept doing his act, getting stronger. Came back poof, and live in color, undeniable, right? Undeniable. You got to come back, undeniable. That's exactly right. Arguably, I waited too long. But the whole point about there's no such thing as six months too late. Meaning you can't be too ready for something, right? You know what I mean. You can't be over prepared.
0: That's right. It's fine. It just means when people see you, it's just like, where did this guy come from?
1: And also, I have a very, like, different mindset of how I wanted to pursue my career. I have a very unique set of circumstances. It's not for everybody, per se, but is the standard. Even if you think about Chappelle as an example, of course he had massive success when he had Chappelle show. Greatest hit television show of all time. Yes. Definitely sketched comedy show all time, for sure. 100% best-selling DVD all time. Facts. Still trending. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. He started at 14. He busted out at 32. What is that? 18 18 years. years. Yeah, 18 years. Almost 20 years for overnight success. Went away for a decade. Went away for a decade. Did shows and stuff like that.
0: Sure. Last eight years, the best years of his life. That's right. It just takes time, bro. People don't realize that. Everybody wants to microwave their careers.
1: Exactly, exactly. Fast rise, fast fall. It mentioned so many people.
0: Marlon Wayne said that. It's a great line. Who is it? Marlon Wayans. Oh, don't, no. All these comedians want to microwave their career. Psh, bars.
1: We're going to keep this story going into the next episode. We'll hear more stories of Mo getting out on the road, being patient, and working hard. He'll also talk about what it means to put out a show that is the first major representation of a Palestinian-American family on Netflix. Thank you for listening to Joking Not Joking. Until next time, this is the Professor signing off. Stay real, dum-dums.
0: Joking Not Joking is a Luminary Original. Original Audio Production, Music, and Sound Design by SALT. Executive Produced by Noah Gersh, Jamie Schuffman, Nick Panama, and Kenzie Wilbur. Head of Creative, Jordan Galvin. Head of Production, Liz LeMay. Head of Post Production, Robert Adler. Produced by Imran Ali Malik and Aaron Kennedy. Supervising Producers, Ali Strobel and alice bierne post-production supervisor ali honore edited by jeffrey muchnick and aaron kennedy sound design and music by matthew chilelli mixed by aaron kennedy recorded by aaron kennedy zach jurich and mario borgata guest booking by drive entertainment and hager eldos additional music courtesy of extreme music